Hello, lovely listeners of The Dark Side. This episode, episode 44, marks Dark Adaptation's one-year anniversary. I know, crazy, right? With that being said, Dyson and I start out the episode with some celebratory reminiscing and banter. So if you're like, yo, I don't give a fuck about that. I just want to hear about some haunted places. Then skip ahead to the 45-minute marker to hear haunted tales from the U.S., Canada, the UK, and Australia. Thanks for listening, and all the dark love from us here at Dark Adaptation. Welcome back to the dark side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm not your host, but also here, Dyson. Hey, Dyson. Hey. Guess what? What? This is Dark Adaptation. I was like, this is dark adaptation. I was like, hmm? Hmm. Did I go into the wrong class? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) This is episode 44. You know what else it is? What is it? It's our one year anniversary. Crazy. Yeah, baby. It's what we've been working for. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone grab a drink and join us as we reminisce, we celebrate. And then uh, for this week's episode, we'll talk some haunted places. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll get into why that is. I mean, ah! A haunted class? I think, yeah. Yeah, you know what? If. If I was to be scared, I think I'd probably go for the pearl clutchy kind of scared. Oh, not, for sure. Not the like terrified, blood curdling scream. More like, oh. You would. Like, oh. like you're covering yourself. Like, no, you're in my a God, moment. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, my friend Justine was here today, and we like, we're just like talking, sitting on the couch and stuff. And the TV was on, like, Netflix had been on, but you know, if you're not active on Netflix, it just shows like ads almost for like movies that are available. Yeah. So then Shrek showed up. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, Oh, I love Shrek. And like, who doesn't love Shrek? But she was saying how at her work, the like head honcho type people had to dress up in like Christmas onesies. And one of them was wearing a gingerbread onesie and the hood was a zipper that went all the way up the face and like zipped around to the back so there was like this creepy gingerbread face Ew. i know i was like that's not even christmasy that's just horrifying yeah and she said that she had made a joke like not my gumdrop buttons and no one got it really and i was like that is despicable that's just sad and then i was saying like oh, you can do that <laughs> impression like perfectly and even though it scares kobe um it's like disturbingly accurate it really is (laughs) i i feel like you know in those horror movies where like oh um like in midnight mass Mm -hmm. when that like vampire monsters in the house in the middle of the night and that one drug dealer is walking by and he's like is someone in there? And then you hear the voice come back perfectly. Is someone in there? Yeah. I feel like that when I fucking do the, 
do the voice. Uh, what did you say? What did you say? A monster vampire thing? It's like a monster vampire thing. <laughs> an angel. Is it an angel? They're angels. I thought their whole thing was like everyone mistook it as angels and started worshiping and all this kind of shit, but it was actually a vampire. Oh. That's what I thought it was. I thought they were just like dark angels, but oh my god, maybe I missed the I, point. I, yeah, because that was the whole point, right? <laughs> oh yeah, they can't go in the sun, their they eyes can't... hurt, they can't like... Yeah, and, and then it was this whole like... But they can hold a crucifix. I guess, you, what, you just don't want to be stabbed by a crucifix? Vampires can hold crucifix. Oh, shit. Is it Paige, the... Um... Excuse me, Paige, are you listening? Can you please come on and do a vampire lore? <laughs> I don't yeah, understand. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they... So I just thought they were angels because, like, the Bible actually describes them as being terrified, like, terrifying, like, when whatever archangel was, Gabriel or some shit that came oh, down to and then he Mary, comes down she and, was, like, fucking terrified. And he's like, be not afraid. <laughs> and he has to keep saying it. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like, I shat my dress. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> now i'm like oh shit i'm pretty sure that was that they're vampires because it's a vampire because it was like um wait they follow along that storyline about the cop and he keeps saying this is not god this is not god and like oh my god of course and And like the one uh dude the like father or whatever mm -hmm. he like is young again Mm -hmm. so like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's vampire woof i'm dumb yeah. Well, no, but <laughs> but I'm pretty yeah, confident. But no. no. <laughs> okay, so welcome to a, a one year anniversary where where we still don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck you. Believe it's been one year. Yeah. Woo! I was looking up. It's fifty two episodes. Fit? Really? Yeah. Fifty two. Yeah. Fifty two episodes. Mm-hmm whoa yeah i'm amazed some of them are multiple parters i guess and then yeah that's what i mean like i'm counting the because we obviously like if we go part one part two we call it the same episode yeah because it is but like if we're counting like consistently published there's 52 of them there's a lot of work so much work but busy bee i'm a busy bee busy bree cute do you remember how we even came up with this? How we even came up with doing a podcast? I feel like yesterday. <laughs> you feel like yesterday? It feels like yesterday. Yeah. Do you remember? I vaguely remember. <laughs> I think, didn't we all just kind of agree that you'd be very good at this shit? Yeah. <laughs> it was like two separate conversations. The one is we were hanging out with Steph once and... Uh, we we're probably talking about some sort of true crime event or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were both like, you know a lot about this. You should do a podcast about it. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then it was like not long later and you and Paige were talking about something. And again, it, it came up with like, yeah, why don't you do one? Like, you know so much. It'll be like anything that's mentioned that's like creepy or true crime or dark or whatever. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, did you know? Like that <laughs> annoying person. And then 
same thing. Well, why don't you just do a podcast? You'd be really good at it. And again, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And there's like a fucking million podcasts out there. I don't have anything like better to offer. I'm not doing it. Like mm-hmm. it's so much work. Yep. And then it was probably two weeks later and I was like, hey, Dyson, I think that I might, uh, you know, just give that a whirl. <laughs> it's just it's just a pilot episode. Call it a pilot episode because I don't really know if it'll, if it'll go anywhere. I don't know if I'll really enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. And it turns out that we did have a lot to offer. We have a completely different angle to, to other podcasts and we really found our niche, I guess. Oh, I fit right in here. <laughs> oh, look at this little groove I made. <laughs> we made yeah oops forgot. i'm sorry forgot about you over there yeah i contributed some episodes <laughs> you contribute so much even if you're not writing the episodes yeah i couldn't do this without you oh i couldn't do it without you i know oh whoa that cat though jesus christ he hasn't helped with one episode yet yeah he's supposed to be our boss oh, yeah God meanwhile it, he's over here just running head first into furniture <laughs> The kid is concussed. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. He literally walked up to the, like, what is that called? Like, TV stand? Yeah. And just, like, <laughs> head first into it. Square into it. So hollow that head is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's just walking around, like, are you going to pet me? Like, Dude, don't go to sleep, okay? You have a concussion. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm just going to go rest my ass on your pillow. Yeah. I think I'll go take a big steamer and then jump in your bed. <laughs> Fucking pet peeve. Cats are adorable, but disgusting. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Kobe. We just spent a good three minutes shitting on you. Where are you? He's back in the bed. <laughs> Tyson, what do you think your favorite episode is that we've done? Okay, I was thinking about that. Okay, thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, initially, it was the bedroom strangler. And I think that's still very much up there, but and I'm still slightly conflicted in saying this, but the Halls Mills murder mm-hmm. is my number one favorite for Pig Woman. Yeah, you do love a good Pig Woman. I love a good Pig Woman. That one she had was, it all. That one was like, if you think of an old-timey whodunit type thing, mm-hmm. that one had it. People fucking just lost. It was a goddamn circus. It was actually a circus. With a literal Pig Woman. A pig woman. Yeah, she was essentially a pig woman. She was essentially the log lady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in Twin Peaks. <laughs> and I loved it. And then even her mom came out and was like, "Fuck her." Yeah, fuck her. You gotta fucking listen to that bitch <laughs> in the courtroom. She's always been a liar. <clears throat> I'm glad you liked that one. I really liked that one. That one was one that I just randomly stumbled upon and. At first, when I was looking into it, I was like, there's nothing here. Like, this one's kind of, I don't know, got really nothing to offer. Okay, well, that's surprising to hear. And then I dug into it, and I was like, oh, this one's really weird. Look at all these strange characters. Plus, it it, like totally adds to it that when we were telling the story, I gave everyone like weird nicknames. Pig Woman was what she was called, though. I did not give her that. Okay, yeah. Like, that's what people called her, is Pig Woman. But like, beautiful. Sorry, stop talking because I heard music because you left a track in. Yep. And it it um just reminded me that earlier when I was finishing up these notes, there was like that creepy like music box sound. Yeah. Playing like earlier. Yeah. And if the, it was really brief at first and I just looked over at you and I was like, did you hear that? And then I heard it again. Yep. 
that's what that just reminded me of. They're not going to hear the music because you took it out. But yeah. This weird little like tinkling music just came in on the, on the, you had like one on a track there and I was like, what the fuck? Is that the music box again? The ghostly music box? Sorry. Triggered the PTSD on that one. <laughs> Still have no idea what that weird sound was though, but we'll mm. just move on. Um, so you are between the bedroom strangler and the Hall Mills murder, but you think you like the Hall Mills murder. Yeah. That yep. one was good too. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you think we found our groove as a show, as like, yeah, our groove. I don't know how else to put it. Um, okay, in terms of quality, it's a different answer from the groove. Because I think we got our groove probably i think maybe 10 when we were along the 10th episode i think we started to really get that kind of like we know what we're doing we know how to structure everything and mm-hmm. kind of this is what we like <clears throat> in terms of quality our, i think our first episode is fucking <laughs> chef's oh, kiss right out the gate yeah right out the gate have people listen to that one they keep listening like, yeah. uh, cause we get to see obviously like, you yeah. know, how many people listen. We don't get like, it's not like Google or anything. We just, we just see the numbers of listens. We don't really get much else, but like, um, <laughs> I think that first episode like is fantastic. I, I love know. that. Yeah. I think, I think we, we made a lot of like, whether it was like, whether we knew better or not, we definitely didn't know whether something was going to work or not, but we got very lucky in that it did like we we made decisions like mm-hmm. you know we're gonna take breaks in the segments to break up like little parts of the story yeah you know we've got we had like we knew what to do when it came to like you know putting <laughs> laying that story out mm-hmm. but also um you know like like telling a story not just saying like this is what happened whatever like you were very good at like making sure it's an actual story and like there's a kind of like progression throughout the whole thing and then I don't know. I think like we also just nailed the sound quality. Yeah, we did. We get that a lot. People just say, "Oh God, this, like sounds really good." So clean. Yeah. yeah, I will agree that our quality is very good. There's like other podcasts out there. Kobe. As we say that, Kobe is <sighs> digging into a this plastic kid, bag. He puts his fucking gross little star butt all over everything. <laughs> now he's making a ruckus. Oh. Did he oh. stop? Something caught his attention. Hey, kid. Don't ignore me. Okay. Some podcasts that are still like new or whatever, you'll listen and it's obvious that like, mm-hmm. you know, they'll find it though. <laughs> yeah, like you, s- you sound like underwater or something and it's like, um, and that's not to shit on them. No, like, no, no, no. Like that's... Like, that's how it works. The only reason that didn't happen was I so happened a few, like, for a little bit before that was, like, had a whole, like, um, audio editing suite and stuff because I'd play, like, guitar or something. And I knew mm-hmm. compression was the answer to the that weird, like, the, like hissy underwater yeah, sound. Yeah, I was going to say the hissy, like, tinny sound. Yeah, because we started off with, with what most podcasters do. We actually had it worse because we were sharing one single blue yeti mic yeah which is like not always the best of quality like it's good but like also not uh sharing is not recommended for a podcast yeah it's good to have your two separate mics Mm -hmm. but i'm 
really impressed you think that right out the gate it was like what we had a group we didn't even have to find a groove we had it <laughs> man it, go listen to that first episode again because you really get taken back like you 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 really do get kind of carried into the world of it because it's just i don't know we made great decisions for that first episode i think it was really fun yeah i'll agree too because the, the structure is like we've kind of kept it the way I knew that when I was writing, I'm a person who is like a little bit OCD, so I wouldn't be able to just stop researching. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, the, if you go on our website, I'm the type of person who has like fucking ten or eleven sources <laughs> instead of like just reading off of Wikipedia or something. Yeah, and I knew that I would never be someone who's gonna write a half hour podcast. Like I can't. I physically can't. Stories that I want to tell in in my eyes can't do like i cannot do them justice in half an hour Mm -hmm. so i knew these are gonna be longer episodes i will do these like little music interludes as like a cue to a listener that it's a break kind of like if you were on a commute going for a walk i don't know busy around your house or something this music interlude comes up and you know like oh okay it's a time where i can pause this and like pick it up later yeah, the other thing too is I think it inadvertently is a perfect use of shifting gears, mm-hmm. which is like where we happen to put everything anyways. Like we'll go into um, what happened on a certain day and then we'll put an inter- a music interlude and then we'll jump into investigation, which is a completely different um yeah, you know, that's true. When I can't feeling, properly right? like write a segue, I'm like putting some music. <laughs> I mean, well, I, th- I, I wouldn't even say that. I think some of your segues are really good because like they're like teasing it. Um, but like it's it just works so so well because it if we're talking about like something's going on, right? We go through all the events. It could be like a a really traumatic you know event. Like it could be a really serious murder or something like that. It's not exactly. Uh, easy to transition into like okay now we're going to investigation as if like we can just shift like that so yeah. it kind of gives a breathing room mm-hmm, which like is really nice for a people the digestive decom- moment yeah they can digest it they can understand what's coming ahead and you kind of like we always put 15 seconds in there to yeah. just let people kind of go okay holy shit okay now what now what are we going into and then we jump in yeah it's kind of like a um what's it saying if something is like palate cleanser no, no, no. Like, um, it can be used both ways. Like, ooh, a little breathing room, but also a, like, a break. Yeah. A segue in itself. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say something, and then I kind of just, just like, drifted away. <laughs> <laughs> I write better than I talk. <laughs> yeah, same. You're very generous for saying it was like probably episode ten, but like put but one, because I put fifteen. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought we were solid in our initial ones. I think they all brought something really new. I do love the bedroom strangler as well. I like our Forest yeah. City series. Because I like I was literally just <laughs> looking through it and I was like, these are fucking gold. Like, because I I was like, oh, like this was like. I guess like when you look back at the episodes you do, you're gonna look fondly no matter what. But like I was looking at the well, first ones sometimes. and I was like, and I was like, God damn! Like I loved all the initial ones, like the OG dark adaptation. <laughs> but like I, I really like what we're coming out with now as well because it's like feels a little more produced. Feels more <coughs> produced. We know what <clears throat> to do, and like oh god, 
our editing process changed and yeah fuck yeah we used to sit here and record for like god knows how long Mm -hmm. and then go back later and edit Mm -hmm. playing it all through again playing listening through it all editing it all down taking out tangents or (laughs) burps (laughs) because your girl won't stop burping in the mic we leave a few in when they're funny when they're funny yeah and moving those over to the bloopers at the end and yeah we changed up our process to try and edit as we go which guys if you're doing a podcast that's the way to do it Mm -hmm. okay unless you're the type of person who's insistent on either having music throughout the entirety of the podcast or you're a person who cannot handle things such as ums and uhs in a long form medium, then you know what? Okay, do it after. But that's not this kind of show. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it hurts our show. I also don't think I say um or uh. I but think I'd, I don't think so. I, I say like. I yeah. say like a lot. I'll be like, and then like, and and then like it's hard they're filler words because i you're always just, say like but yeah. i'm i don't think i say it to valley girl that it's annoying but no. i'm not somebody who fills space with uh or mm. mm-hmm. i don't i don't think now i'm really yeah now you're doing it <laughs> now, now you're going like oh fuck i'm like actively trying to stop but yeah so like some podcasters will do that and i understand why and if you're doing like a really tightly packed show um, maybe something in 30 minutes like we said earlier mm-hmm. or maybe a very 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 polished long form version listen then i'm not okay. even a polished person i'm not gonna try and put that front out here yeah but that's one of the beauties <laughs> of like true crime is like you know you do have people who can put those podcasts together where they're really polished but the true crime community is also ha- full of examples of people just loving shows because they like listening to the hosts yeah. they like having that camaraderie and everything which is obviously what we would prefer as well so you know (laughs) get to know the hosts and stuff and they don't therefore it would be weird to cut out parts of the the way they speak because it is who they are yeah exactly i'm not trying to impress anyone you know okay well that's not true i totally want to impress you guys but also i don't want to be fake (laughs) i was gonna fucking say (laughs) (laughs) did i just go into this episode it's just fucking garbage (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening for one year anyway i can really be mean it's trash Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you know how many episodes or how many listens we've had um no okay guess Uh, in the course of one year um 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 (laughs) did that on purpose (laughs) guys i'm funny uh one year Mm -hmm. Eleven thousand eight hundred. Close. Oh, not that close though. Okay, how many? We are almost at fifteen thousand. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In one year. Kobe. And so. (laughs) So like. That's a lot, guys. Thank you. Yeah, people. People are listening. Yo, people are listening. And then we have uh, in. One of the things, though, I was all caveat. I, I had to pull up some numbers because we shifted platforms this year. Yeah, we did. So we used to be with RSS where we held our, our podcast, but we switched it over to Podbean mm-hmm. um, because I got obsessed with some of the stats it gives me and whatnot and all this kind of stuff. And then one day we hope to 
be able to make some money with the podcast, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. And they offer a dynamic ad <laughs> insertion, which we would be very tasteful about. Um, of course. But <clears throat> I also want to do a Patreon um, within the next year. And I have lots of cool ideas for that. Mm. But that yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and the platform helps with that, too, because it, it helps to do, I think, publishing with it. But um, so that's all to say uh, some very inside baseball shit. I'm sure very <laughs> few of you gave a fuck about. And I appreciate you <laughs> indulging me. But <laughs> I put my host to sleep. But uh, <clears throat> one of the things is that just means that the, some of the stats won't carry over. So it was actually 25 days ago. Mm-hmm. when we switched over to podbean so it means that all our stats for RSS. on podbean is since 25 days ago and then all the stuff from rss is everything before that and we saved it all and whatnot mm-hmm. but um in just the 25 days we've had listeners from 21 different countries whoa yeah and hello I, everyone i say that because we this isn't usual format it's our one year anniversary so we're bantering and having fun yes <laughs> and uh one of the things that i was gonna say is like i say that 21 but like it was countless we were all over the goddamn globe when we looked at our rs yeah I had chicken pox and then some just had straight up rashes yeah so to <laughs> clarify that it gives you a map <laughs> it gives you a heat map of where your listeners are and they show up as little red dots so oh we're talking what- about the heat map okay i would wait <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, all over the globe, and it's wild to see, mm-hmm. you know. Any other cool stats for us over there, producer? Yeah, I've got okay. our most popular episodes. Okay, I well, the first one, obviously. Yeah, so it's okay. our first one. Yeah, so it's our first one, which is the Sea Orphan, and that's probably very high, um, obviously, because the longer it's published, the more listens you get. Yeah, but... a lot of people, if they're like, oh, I found this new podcast, I'll start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like, please don't, because... Yeah. <laughs> what? I like it. I know, I do too, <laughs> but then after that, I'm like... <laughs> As I'm holding this giant <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> I think there's If anyone solid. is wondering, I'm drinking a Jacob's Creek Moscato Rosé. It's very good. I'm usually a red wine person, but this one... But yeah, so um, people are like, we weren't wondering. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the top three episodes for our podcast obviously is the Sea Orphan, which was episode one, and then episode thirteen. This is why I said like that the like OG dark adaptations like really close to my heart. Can you just say the episode number and I'll see if see if I remember what one it was. Sure, episode thirteen is next. Um, Tom and Eileen Lonergan. Yeah, the disappearance of Tom and Eileen Lonergan. Mm-hmm. That's Australia. really fucked you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote them all. Okay, well, episode 12. Smutty Nose. Mm-hmm. That's number three. Really? Yeah. Smutty People... Nose was recommended to us by Steven at Spoils of Horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was right. That was a good call because yeah. it's really popular. And then we've got the Hart Family Murders as 15. And then number eight. Jody Arias, part one. Or two. Yeah, this is part one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, I did not look. I'm I'm literally, I don't even no, know. No, she can do this. This is actually know what very kind weird. Of spreadsheet he has open. I also don't have my glasses on, so it just looks like blue lines. So. It's a mess, but it was from, <laughs> it was all from RSS when you download the stats. But part of the reason why I left it, because I was like, <laughs> I'm sick of this. This isn't even right. Um, but yeah, 
<laughs> so those are our top ones. That's exciting. Yeah. So like episode one, episode 13, 12, 15, episode eight, episode like 17, 10, all those like early ones. Um, obviously, they're up there because they've been out for so long. 17 was the Montauk Project. Uh, yes, it was. Camp Hero. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Camp <laughs> and so like, obviously, people are going to make their way up from the start and and carry on throughout the throughout it but um those are the ones with our most listens those that's, are our most popular ones in case you were wondering that's cool that's a very that's what i love about our shows because i don't i do not want to say i'm a tr- like we are a true crime podcast because we are a lot more than that but mm-hmm. it's just how we're categorized based on categories yeah, offered <laughs> What else are we going to do? Like, we can't throw in, like, comedy. We can't throw in... I don't want that, no. No. But that's cool that the, t- the top ones are, like, there's a conspiracy theory. There is a, like, bigger, quote, popular case. Jody mm-hmm. Arias. Jody Arias. Damn it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Old school murders, a disappearance. It's, like, mm-hmm. a survival story. That's like, yeah, it's a whole mix. Yeah. Yeah, it really does capture us pretty well, actually, now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but just anything that we do, anything we do is going to be like true crime, dark history, mm-hmm. spooky, macabre. Uh. <laughs> Whoops, a daisy. We're not even going to edit that out. No, that's just what I deal with, guys. This is just who I am as a person. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so those are all our fucking episodes that people are listening to the most. Exciting. Mm hmm. Just that was me. Do you have any other stats? Um, anything else you want to share? Anything cool you want to say? Insightful words, questions, Dyson. He who goes to bed with itch, <laughs> itchy bum will wake up with a smelly finger. Um, excuse me, you quoted that in episode <laughs> thirty-two when you cracked open a fortune cookie. Oh yeah. Well, I thought it was pertinent. It was funny. I um think the next thing I'll do here on my little agenda is say thank you to you. Thank oh. you for helping with this podcast. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, Steph, for pressuring me into doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, thank you so much for coming on every other month. She'll be back in, from this episode in two weeks. Oh, nice. Um to come i don't know what she's gonna do but she was asking what our december schedule looks like and i said that the first week is like haunted places and it's our one year so mm-hmm. it's like a different type of feel <laughs> our second week will be a true crime case and then the third week will be her oh it's a good week and i said it would be like december winter christmas theme mm-hmm. for the true crime one i do so i don't know what she's gonna do but <sighs> I love that because now I've got a bunch right in my head and I'm like, those all sound like great episodes. <laughs> like maybe a Yeti. I don't know. Maybe Krampus. Krampus. I really don't know what maybe she's going to do. Maybe some sort of snow shrew. Oh, a snow shrew. <laughs> okay, remember that time we were walking? Yeah. And it was like, we we're, we we're going on this hike and it was so snowy. There was like snow everywhere. It was freezing. And there was like this little mouse thing that was like running on the snow. Yeah. And I was like looking at it. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. And you're like, it's a shrew. <laughs> and there was a couple walking at us, a, yep. a man and a woman. And I was so 
like disgusted with you. I was like, you can't just say people are shrews. You just can't just call her a shrew because I had no idea a shrew was an animal. Yeah, I thought shrew was something you said like as an insult to a woman, like like you old bat, you fucking shrew. Yeah. So I thought you were calling her a shrew right to her face, <laughs> but there was actually this just weird little rodent running around. Yeah. <laughs> so confused i was like what do you mean oh my god i was confused <laughs> anyway <laughs> i'm usually smart but yeah. i thought a shrew was a person a diss for a person okay what the hell what where was i even at Paige? Sh- thank you for coming on the show mm-hmm. you gotta do it every other month it's yep. great i love it steph she hasn't been here in a few months but that's because she had to go and move far far away mm-hmm. and discover herself and make a life for herself and be busy with classes and life and had to leave me here <laughs> just kidding i'm very proud of her she'll come back soon yeah she's a grown-ass woman trying to figure trying to figure her shit out way up in the middle of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> i also wanted to shout out some of our uh podcast friends Horror House, True Crime B&B, True Crime Files, 100 Horrors, and of course, Spoils of Horror. Yep. My favorite. (laughs) My favorite. It's true. Thank you so much, Stephen and Leo, for uh, just being here since day one, you know? Like, as soon as we made an Instagram account, they followed us, they were messaging us, Um, there was just immediate support from their end for our show and i just appreciate them both so much yeah pretty cool guys i'm just really happy to have you guys as as friends in this crazy little pod world (laughs) and it's cool that i can say that we are like actually friends little podcast friends and i love their show like did you know they were in my top five podcasts i did they're number four like that's how I just obsessively listen to that show. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything <laughs> stops when that's when a new episode is out. I just sit on the couch and zone out. Yep. Just, just stare. <laughs> yeah, I just come into the room and it, she's just staring like that. And I'm trying to figure out something wrong until I hear why are there all these candles lit and it's very dark in here. Yeah, what's that vibrating sound? <laughs> <laughs> Jk, it's just Kobe scared, shaking in the corner. Aww. <laughs> Speaking of top five podcasts, it's pretty crazy that this is our one year anniversary, which means every year. (laughs) Every year what? It'll it'll line up with our Spotify wrapped. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. That'll be really cool. Yeah, because I just got the like um, Spotify wrapped for podcasters. Mm -hmm. And do you want to hear some of the stats from it? Sure. We are top five podcast for 70 people. Wow. A top 10 for 94 people. Mm. And number one for 23 people. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, guys. I think that's wild. What's up out there? And that's just on Spotify. (laughs) Yeah. And I just want to say hi. Thank you. And did you rate us five stars? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 
You know what? I think they did. Eh? You know, we got like some 20 something five stars. So it's probably them. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God. I think there's 23 five star reviews and we oh. have 23 people that we're in our no- oh, we're number one it, for. Guys. Bless you. Guys, I love you. And I appreciate you. And did you know that we've created 3,790 minutes of content, which is 99% of more than, which is. (laughs) (laughs) This is why. (laughs) Which is more than 99% of podcasts in the true crime category. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. Stellar content, you guys. It goes into detail. Well. (laughs) Also, people from 16 countries have listened to our show on Spotify, mm. which is cool. Yeah. You said 21 so far on Podbean? No, 21 um, based on, like, all the platforms. So, like, people should know, like, if you get stats from Spotify, if you're a podcaster, like, Spotify just gives you information from their platform. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that's what this is. What I'm saying is from our Spotify wrapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 21... From all of our different platforms we're on, which is like all of them. But like, yeah. So we're like really popular on Spotify and um, Apple Music, um, but also Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict and Overcast are also very popular for us uh-huh. because Podcast Addict it is like the Android, like third party app that lets you listen to podcasts that. But it's actually kind of built for podcast. The way that Overcast is for Apple. The way that Overcast is for Apple, yeah. We're both Android people, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it was a fucking nightmare trying to get to... Apple Podcasts? Yep. God damn it, it was. It was so fucking annoying. I hope that everyone who has Apple Pod... Podca- Apple Pod... <laughs> Are you good? Help. Yeah. Do you think that everyone that has Apple Podcasts, what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> got hyped for a second yeah sorry about it i'm looking at other stats that i put down here for spotify but i realized it's just for me oh do you want to know (laughs) (laughs) uh what my top three songs were sure number one was deserve to die by woolworm right it's a great canadian band everyone check them out number two was no world for tomorrow by coheed and cambria Mm-hmm. Number three was 505 by Arctic Monkeys. Number four was Temptation by the Tea Party. Oh my god. And number five was St. Joe on the School Bus by Marcy Playground. Yeah, it checks out. Checks out. You wanna know what my top artist was? Sure. Nine Inch Nails. Also checks out. Do you wanna know how many minutes I listened to of Nine Inch Nails? How many? 5,421. Jesus did you know I'm in the top 0.05% of Nine Inch Nails listeners? Did you know Tool has created a song that if oh you my God, put someone... the alphabetical... Cut! Cut his mic! <laughs> Cut it! It's the Fibonacci sequence! Don't. I... I'm enraged. It's <laughs> <laughs> my way to get Aggie every time. I love Tool. It's one of my favorite bands, but I fucking can't stand Tool fans. Oh my God! <laughs> No, no! The mathematical sequence of the... Fi- bleh, 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 bleh. Shut the fuck up. I just like the music. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I got so mad right there. Yeah. And then you'll send me reels of people that are like doing that. Being like, did you know the spiral is blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, 
I cannot handle this. <laughs> Delete. Block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just keep creating new accounts. <laughs> okay, anyway. Some, some music tidbits about me. Yeah. Um. Uh, let me see here. Just looking through my my agenda again. Do you want to know? Do you want to hear some feedback people gave us? Yeah. So the Brutal Bazaar and Boozy podcast is a new podcast I'm listening to. They're wonderful. Mm. It's actually hosted by a mom and a son duo, and they talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, while drinking boozy cocktails. That sounds fun. It is, and they're actually very smart. And they're like, when they do their show, they're professional, but they're also fun. Okay. So, like, everyone should check them out. The, Bru- the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. But anyway, they messaged us, and they said that we have a great dynamic, and they love our show. Aw, thank you. Did you know we have a great dynamic? Yeah, I've heard that from a few people. It's really weird. Like, we're... <laughs> Are we dating? Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, stop clutching oh, our pearls. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> Another podcast I wanted to shout out is the Dead Podcast, D-E-A-D, abbreviated, which stands for Desi and Emmy's Abnormal Discoveries. I love that. I know. Yeah. And they're awesome, and they've messaged us about how they love the show and how much they enjoy our episodes, so you should check out the Dead Podcast if you want to hear about ghosts, demons, religions, tarot, astrology, literally anything, quote, abnormal. They talk about it. Yeah, I just I listened to um, this episode about oh fuck I'm not gonna be able to say it la 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 oh my god <laughs> what is it it's like a like Spanish or Mexican lore like the la llorona or whatever mm-hmm. oh it was really creepy it's about a, a woman ghost she like prowls around the water. Ew. for her like babies that she probably drowned what is with ghosts that like uh, as soon as they're ghosts she like cries in or and around the really water loud. they're so much scarier it was really creepy i was very creeped out yeah la llorona god i don't know i'm trying why don't you listen to the dead podcast and figure out how to say it yeah <laughs> also i have some comments from our website you want to hear them sure great work that is the kind of information that are meant to be shared across internet. Disgrace on the Seek engines for no longer positioning this up <laughs> higher. Come on over and visit my website, checkporns.com. <laughs> oh. What was that website again? HTTPS <clears throat> colon backslash black backslash check porns plural porns.com hey that's funny why is that link blue for me (laughs) purple oh shit this kid he's already clicked on it he forgot this was a shared email address (laughs) want to hear another one yeah you have to take part in a contest for one of the furnished blurgs on the internet i'm gonna highly recommend this site simple porn tube You know what? Their stamp of approval means the fucking world to me. You know they got the furnished blurg? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have to go and moderate that. <laughs> I remember the first time we started getting those, you were like, 
website. You're like, check this out. It's so <laughs> positive about that. They love our website. They love the <laughs> podcast. And I was like, what is that link? Okay, it was for an antique bookstore. It wasn't for check porns. <laughs> but then you were like, yeah, but the people don't have to know that. <laughs> let's let's publish it. Okay, I did publish that one. I know. But if you ever see furnished blurgs, simple porn tube, you'll know it was me. Yeah. <laughs> for a second there, did I have you? No. Oh. Not even for a second. As soon as you were like, okay, so we have a comment on our website. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we do. <laughs> I thought it'd be funny. Okay, the last piece of feedback here is that people love our haunted, spooky episodes. Oh, good. I love them too. In particular, episode 38, which is the haunted Hinsdale house and the Dandy family. I've had so many people say that they that was their favorite episode. It was really fucking scary and it's their favorite. That was absolutely terrifying. It was. I know. That you, was one where, like, you I were was. were clutching your pearls? I got straight up goosebumps and shit. Like, I was like, this is... You're like, I'm not, I'm not here for this. Oh, I was here for I'm it. Scared. I loved it. But I was also terrified. You were terrified, I know. I could yeah. actually see you withdrawing a bit more and more and getting, like, pale. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I'm, like, halfway done. This kid still has to endure so much more. Yeah, well, the thing is, if you stopped right there, despite being terrified, I would be like, you're not allowed to stop because I need to know how this turns out. I know. Yeah, you were very, very on your game that episode. It was, I, I liked researching that one. Mm -hmm. It's fun. And I'm glad other people liked it. That was like, the consistent feedback was the Haunted Hinsdale House and the Dandy Family, episode 38. Mm -hmm. um, and people saying like, keep doing the paranormal haunted ones. Yeah. So since that was the top <clears throat> feedback, today's episode is haunted places in the four countries where our listenership is the highest. Oh, dope. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, U.S. is where most of our listeners are. Mm -hmm. So, we're doing two haunted places there. We'll head up to Canada after that. And then we're going to go over to the U.K. And then lastly, we're going to go down under. <laughs> so, let's get into some spooky stories. Thank you for listening to our little preamble banter. God knows how long that was. But... 45 minutes. Oops. <laughs> Okay, spooky story time. Let's go. The Hotel del Coronado is a legendary beachfront hotel in the resort city of Coronado, California. It is one of the few surviving examples of an American architectural genre known as the Wooden Victorian Beach Resort. Oh, that genre. Yeah. Mm. That very um, uh, American architectural genre. Beaches. <laughs> it is the second largest wooden structure in the United States. The, <laughs> the biggest. Who's the first? <laughs> The Tillamook Air Museum in Oregon. Ooh. Yeah. An air museum. Uh-huh. Probably really hard to look at. You're dumb. <laughs> 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 or, or am I? Because I was like, what? 
The hotel has been hosting guests. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The hotel has been hosting guests since it opened in 1888. Wow. A long list of notable guests, really. Tons of people have gone to this hotel, stayed there. Celebrities, uh, millionaires, royals. There's been mm. movies filmed there. Uh, but uh, but some examples of people that I cared about were Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Keanu Reeves, Madonna, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see why. I was really waiting for Trent Reznor. No, I don't know if he went there. And if he, if he did, they're probably like, who? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, though. I'd be like, hi, Trent. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, I'm checking out already. I'd be like, ew. <laughs> Freak. Another notable guest is Broadway actress and vaudeville performer Isadora Rush. She is a notable guest because she actually drowned on the beach at the hotel on November 14th, 1904. No, yikes. The supposition is that the breakers were no match for a huge incoming wave and Isadora was dragged under the water. So she got caught in the undertow and she was swept out to sea. And she suffered heart failure before drowning because of how fucking terrifying it was. Yeah, no kidding. There were like a bunch of people on the beach and several of them noticed that she had gotten like taken under. So they rushed out to help her and she got brought to shore. Uh, but she was unconscious and two physicians were immediately at her side to help her. But shortly after 4 p.m., Isidore was pronounced dead. Oh, Rest in peace, Isidore Rush. Mm -hmm. Another notable guest in this hotel is more like a resident at this point. Kate Morgan was a young bride from Texas who checked into the hotel on November 24th, 1892. So that mm. was Thanksgiving Day. She checked into room 302 under a false name, Mrs. Lottie A. Bernard from Detroit. She told some staff that she was there waiting for her brother to arrive, who was a doctor that was going to give her some treatment for stomach cancer. Okay. And she told others that she was waiting for a male companion. <laughs> but there's no record of anyone arriving to be with her. The staff reported that she was very ladylike, but she was sort of reserved. Um, and she seemed troubled and melancholy. Okay. 1892 would be like, she was melancholy. Yeah, she was very melancholic. <laughs> <laughs> Five days later, on November 29th, Kate was found dead on the exterior hotel staircase leading to the beach. She had been shot in the head and she had a gun in her hand, so her death was declared a suicide. But the death appears suspicious to many. It's reported that the coroner who examined her body stated the bullet in her head did not match the gun in her hand. Oh. So people wonder. Yeah, that's a bit of a fucking biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because she's like, oh, you know, I'm waiting for my brother. Oh, no, I'm just waiting for a male companion. It's like, who came to see her then? And yeah. what happened? Mm -hmm. Since her death, hotel guests and employees have reported several spooky incidents that are mostly centered around the guest room that Kate occupied during her stay. So when she stayed in 1892, she checked into room 302, uh, but now the room number is 
3312, just in case you're wondering and you mm. go there today. Feelings of unease are said to be experienced long before entering the room. People will hear like disembodied voices, murmurs, footsteps, and they'll even see Kate walking down the hallways. God. When you actually get into room 3312, objects will move by themselves. The curtains blow, even though the windows are closed and there's no drafts. And Kate has been seen peering out the windows. Ew. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Don't peer out windows. The hotel in general seems to have a lot of paranormal activity with ghosts lurking in the hallways and climbing and descending the stairs. So much happens around the hotel that cleaning staff often work in pairs out of fear of things that they've previously experienced. So they're like, do not fucking leave me alone. (laughs) We have to clean together. Yeah. Buddy system. Another haunted room is room 3205, which is in the maid's quarters. Apparently, a maid disappeared from the quarters and... Like, literally disappeared. No one ever heard or saw from her again. She just vanished. Weird. And there's many suicides reported in the maid's quarters. Mm. A Secret Service agent stayed in room 3205 and was unable to make it through the night. He, among many other guests who've stayed in the room, report flickering lights, the toilet flushing by itself, and electrical equipment malfunctioning. Okay, it... It's spooky, I'll give it that, but, like, is that ghost taking a shit? (laughs) Or is it just be, like, yeah, why? Why the toilet? (laughs) I don't know. I guess it's creepy, because, like, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, if I was a ghost, I would definitely flush the toilet, but it'd be because I'm taking the piss, you know? I find it (laughs) funny. (laughs) What, I'm a ghost taking a piss? Yeah, there's nothing funnier to me than trying to convince people their toilet is haunted. That's fucking brilliant. (laughs) Christopher Chacon Chacon is an anomalist parapsychologist researcher, but parapsychological researcher and consultant for movies like Paranormal Activity. Oh. Yeah. He's been investigating poltergeists, UFOs, and other unexplained phenomena for decades. And he investigated room 3205. After setting up infrared cameras and magnetic meters, he and his team detected a total of 37 anomalies, and 36 of them were a toilet flushing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I made that up. I made that up. So, Stephen King actually read Christopher's investigation and was inspired to write the short story, 1408. <laughs> Dyson, why are you making a fist? No reason. <laughs> What was that fucking actor's name again? John Cusack. I can't stand him. I know. That's why when I was researching this, I was like, no way. Dyson literally just, I came home from like shopping or something and you were trying to watch this movie. And I was like, why do you, why do you look so unimpressed over here? What is wrong with you? And you were trying to watch 1408, but you couldn't get through it because you can't stand John Cusack. He just isn't a good, he fucking sucks, okay? It's so funny to me because I've never heard somebody in my life be like, I, I fucking hate John Cusack. I do. I actually hate John Cusack. I'm sure he's a lovely, I actually, I don't know that. I can see him being an asshole too, but, so I don't know, but 
on the screen. I can't stand it. That's why when I was researching this and I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I have to put that in here. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> just so bad. Ruin the movie. I'll have you know, when I was researching this and 1408 came up, it was like released in 2007 to... Um, renowned success critical acclaim yeah it was critically acclaimed it was the best horror movie of the year i'm I'm being critical and i acclaim he's dog shit in that movie (laughs) (laughs) well we can make our own movie because you know today guests are welcome to stay in the haunted rooms at the hotel del coronado i actually i actually think i could manage it let's try let's give that haunted toilet a run for its money yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a double decker for sure. God. <laughs> Just to say I did in a haunted toilet. <laughs> We're leaving California. And we're going to Arizona. Ooh. Northern Arizona University is well known for its haunted happenings. From ghost stories to suicides to paranormal activity in the dead of night. While that's creepy, the residential buildings for students are definitely the most haunted. Mm. The first residential building is McConnell Hall. The myth surrounding McConnell Hall is that it was built by an insane architect and was purposely shaped like a hazard sign designed to receive exactly six minutes of sunlight per room. What the fuck? But one room didn't receive said amount of sunlight and it drove the architect mad and he took his own life in that room. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a very sympathetic person. That's funny. Well, it's said that the story isn't true. It's just lore told by the university students residing in McConnell Hall. Of, of course. I thought it was kind of creepy. I was like, ew, it's weird. It's like some... 100% fucking... creepy, but I just thought, <laughs> I thought that was just so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I can picture you trying to get... Like, people are trying to haze you. It's your first year in res. And they're like, and he went mad. And you're like... <laughs> like wedgie that kid (laughs) you know what is true though students in mcconnell hall have witnessed a lot of strange happenings and the biggest report is of an apparition two apparitions and it's a man and a child playing together yeah run (laughs) sinks turn on and off and some here scratching in the walls. Oh. I don't like that, though. No, in the walls is weird. So McConnell Hall is creepy. Mm-hmm. But Morton Hall is even creepier. It was originally... Right. <laughs> it was originally a woman's dormitory that opened in 1918. The layout of Morton Hall gives people the creeps. It's hard to navigate, and it's described as a labyrinth. There are mirrors at the end of every hallway and at the top of every staircase. So it, it's like and this weird illusion almost. 
where everything just seems like longer, wider, bigger. That's actually really upsetting. I know. The building appears to glow white at night. And even though there's been renovations, students still feel that this building is very like depressing and lonely. <laughs> Maybe they should stop going to the same designer. <laughs> This feeling of sadness and loneliness could come from 19-year-old Kathy, who was a former student that lived in Morton Hall, and she is the most prevalent spirit that haunts it. There are different versions of Kathy's story. One version says she hanged herself in the 1950s after being abandoned by her family over the Christmas holidays. And the other version is that she hanged herself in the 1940s after her boyfriend died in the war. Mm. The most consistent account is the former, that her family abandoned her on Christmas. So that's the one I'm going with because that was literally every article but like one or two. Okay. So the story goes that she was expecting her parents to send her home for Christmas break. But right before the holidays, she received a call that her family had gone bankrupt. Her family's business had gone under and they could not afford to bring her home. So that meant that she would be spending the holidays alone in Morton Hall, whereas every other res, uh, resident student in there was going home. Ooh. So she was all alone in there. And on top of that sad news, Kathy's boyfriend dumped her for another woman, which was heartbreaking because she was certain that he was going to propose to her over Christmas. Oh, my God. Yes. Ew, yikes. So that's just a matter of days that everything in Kathy's life changed. And she was devastated, she was humiliated, she was poor, and she's alone on Christmas. So Kathy made a decision. While wearing her favorite blue nightgown, Kathy went up the staircase into the attic, tied a rope onto the water pipe, and hanged herself. Mm. Her body was found by a female employee two days later. Ew. No records actually exist pertaining to Kathy's suicide at the university, but it was the 1950s, and at the time, colleges put their reputation over literally everything, mm -hmm. especially if it's just, in their eyes, like the life of a student, whatever. Still kind of do, but in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> especially when it came to woman, women, so yeah. in woman. In <laughs> 1950s, this was a women's residence like nowadays my understanding is that it's all co-ed mm -hmm. but in this case it's like oh whatever she was like a hysterical woman over christmas uh, sweep it under the rug so the university is said to have just covered up her suicide making no record of it ever happening and the story of kathy wasn't verified until 1992 after an interview with the female employee that found her body oh my god it was real mm -hmm. oh so sweeping it under the rug could be part of the reason why Kathy's spirit still haunts Morton Hall. Because she's like, motherfuckers. Yeah, no kidding. Years and years of me just like being, oh, chalked up to like a urban legend or like a creepy little like hazing story. Yeah. She's like, fuckers, I was real. And I was sad. <laughs> Her ghost is seen all over the building, gliding down hallways and moving through closed doors. But she's most often seen in the staircase leading to the attic and her old dorm room on the second floor, which is room 200A. Mm. Her ghost usually appears along with the scent of roses, 
and the lights start flickering. That's kind of badass, actually. Mm-hmm. Does someone li- is to please tell me they don't put students in two hundred A? Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> She's always seen wearing her blue nightgown, and some have seen her with the rope still tied around her neck. When she's seen in the stairwell, she's usually crying and the sounds of a woman sobbing are often heard in the stairwell, even when her ghost isn't there. So you just hear this constant sobbing. Mm. And most students are fucking horrified. It just keeps happening around exam time. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> students are... <coughs> Fuck. Students are... One time police officer. Oh my God. <laughs> and one time police officer. <laughs> That is a blooper from one of the Bruce Lee whatever episodes. Oh, yeah, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. God damn it. Bruce Lee, yeah. Not that one, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Kathy's ghost is just sobbing in the stairwell, and it fucking scares the shit out of students, and they're way too afraid to go to the attic, and they only go up there if they absolutely have to, but otherwise they're like, no, thank you. She's in there crying again. I'm not going up there. I would go up there. I wouldn't. Even though encountering a ghost is usually a terrifying experience, Kathy brings a somewhat pleasant aura when she does appear. And it's probably just because you're overpowered by the smell of roses. Mm-hmm. Um, but many people are still like, that's a fucking ghost and I'm scared. Yeah. But you don't feel like, that's, I'm going to die. That should be your primary emotion. But the secondary emotion would be like, well, it is nice it that I don't... smell good, though. Yeah, you smell... <laughs> New conditioner? Mm. Mm. Herbal essences? <laughs> Even. She's probably like, the fuck is that? I died in the 50s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if they don't encounter Kathy's ghost directly, students are still subject to some strange experiences. Many report that the faucets in the bathroom and the kitchen randomly turn on and off. Television sets and radios switch on and off on their own, and when they're turned on, it's always on like an quote oldies station. <laughs> Usually, music that would be playing in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Some might hear phantom footsteps from outside of their doors or just inside the room. Other students have had their covers ripped from their bed while they're sleeping. And one Yikes. of the most common incidents—I don't know why this creeps me out—but is that the pipes are being like tapped on and it's heard on all three floors just this constant tapping in your ceiling Ew, weird i know yeah it creeps me out pink is reported to have been kathy's favorite color and one area of the dorm was painted pink while she lived there and over the years people have tried to paint over the pink walls but it never takes and the new paint just peels off by itself that's fucking weird i know Women who reside in Morton Hall report being locked in the bathroom, even though there's no lock on the door. But if you request, Kathy, please let me out, the door will open. Hmm. It's like a shared bathroom. Yep. It's not like a single bathroom, so if you're taking a shit, people can walk in on you. It's like the big shared like dormitory bathroom. Yeah. So that one doesn't have a lock, but Kathy like fucks with you and like. Holds the door shut. Keeps you in there. So if you're just like, Kathy, please let me out. The door will open for you. She went from sad to just being annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird that... It's weird, though, because this bathroom is reported to have a lot of activity. So uh, when I was researching this um, story, there is a blog called Seek Ghosts. 
And I'm just going to read like an entire quote from that. Okay. You had to become aware as you entered the bathroom if someone was using one of the showers because when you flushed the toilet, you had to yell, flushing! The reason for this is when the toilets flushed, all of the cold water would be used so the people in the showers had to be warned so they could step away from the spray, otherwise they would be scalded by hot water. So the first thing I did when I entered the bathroom was to take note that a shower was being used. I yelled, flushing, and I heard a female voice say, thanks! As I washed my hands, I listened to this same female humming. I noticed her red towel drop from the shower door to the outside floor, so I went over to pick it up and fling it back over the door. Again, I heard a female say, thank you. As I turned to leave, the lights in the room went off. So I tried the switch, but the lights didn't turn back on. At this point, I heard the water in the shower being turned off, so I glanced back over and even in the dark, I could see that the towel had fallen to the outside floor once more. I walked over to pick it up, but as I approached, the shower door swung open. Not wanting to embarrass the bather, I announced, It's okay, I am leaving. At this point, the lights came back on. So I turned, I noticed the towel was no longer on the floor, so I stayed a second to check my hair. I felt a cold chill run down my back as I turned to leave. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed that the door on the shower stall that had been in use was wide open, and no one appeared to be in the restroom with me. I glanced around and then down at the floor in the stall, and it seemed to be completely dry. I do not scare easily, even back then. But believe me, when I say I literally ran back to my friend's room, I literally ran. Yeah, no kidding. Isn't that so creepy? Yeah, it's it's the for some reason when she said like the whole floor was dry, I was like that that did it for me. And there's only one door in and out of that bathroom, mm -hmm. so like even though the the lights did go off and it was like pitch black in there for a second, she's like right near the door, mm -hmm. so she would have noticed if someone walked by. Yep. But the fact that it's bone dry, so no one was actually showering, it was like fucking ghost yeah. shower, and someone <laughs> is is talking to you saying like thank you. Like, mm -hmm. it's so creepy. I don't know what's wrong with this bathroom. Kathy isn't the only ghostly resident in Morton Hall, though. The spirits of two lovers reside in the basement. Okay. The story goes that the, quote, adventurous couple were making love in an underground tunnel connected to the basement of Morton Hall. A water main in the same tunnel burst while the two were inside. Mm-hmm. And they were trapped by the rising waters and they ended up drowning. Oh, God. What a way to go. I know. So their spirits haunt the basement and students report hearing noises coming from beneath Morton Hall in the tunnels. They've heard laughing, giggling, moaning, and the sounds of making love <laughs> underneath the building. Oh, my God. They also like making a ruckus by banging on the water pipes. God, leave the fucking pipes alone. So while I was reading this, I was like, okay, that's, that obviously sucks. It's a terrible way to die. It's also funny that in their afterlife, they're still banging. Yep. But underground tunnel? Yeah. And yes, there is underground tunnels. Yep. And they run under the campus and they go all the way to downtown Flagstaff, Arizona. 
And the legend states that these tunnels were used to transport insane asylum patients. Oh, God. But they weren't. They're actually maintenance tunnels that connect to power and water lines. So. Oh, okay. But it's still creepy. Underground tunnels. McMaster has underground tunnels, too. Okay, do you... So, obviously, while I was researching this, I went on a fucking rabbit hole binge of underground tunnels. Mm -hmm. And there's some all over Brantford, too. Really? Apparently... There's underground tunnels that, so if you're not from Brantford, we have like in our downtown area, it's a main road. It's called Brant Ave. And on Brant Ave, there is a high school and it's like a fucking ancient high school. It's called Brantford Collegiate Institute. And it's been there for fucking years and years. And in the back, down the hill, kind of, there is this field. It's like a football field but mm. that wasn't always there. And it's kind of dog shit. <laughs> it used to be used mainly by people who were training from the armory mm-hmm. because down Brant Ave, there is an armory where people like go for like training. Yeah. And there's an underground tunnel apparently that connects from the armories to the high school. That's weird. And they would use the un- underground tunnel to easily get to that combat field where they used to practice. Huh. And I'm like, that's fucking wild. How? (laughs) (laughs) And apparently, all especially in the north end where it's like, quote, newer, Mm -hmm. there's like a huge sewer system that you can find an access to off of Park Road North and like go into the system and and go underground. Huh. I would never want to. No, me neither. But I was like, that's so weird that people could just be like hanging out underground. Yeah. Like you're a fucking Morlock in X-Men. I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone in there right now. <laughs> I probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would put money on it. But I was like, that's so weird that there's underground tunnels downtown. They're like connecting the armories to like the high school and God knows where else. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's so fucking crazy. And Mick, so McMaster has underground tunnels too. Yeah. They're not like major ones, but they're just connecting to some of the, like the dorms to some of the, um, like the main hall and stuff where you would go either for your food or for um, like studying or like to actually like, take some classes. So it was godsend in the winter. You went in them? Yeah. They're open? Yeah, like they're 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 like for you to get to different places without having to deal with the cold. There's actually I don't oh, I don't remember what year the article was from, but people who go here in Brantford to Laurier mm-hmm. petitioning to have the underground tunnels opened up again cuz there is some connecting parts of the campuses yeah because downtown fucking sucks yeah and it's freezing in the winter so Mm -hmm. they're like let us go down there so that we can get to our classes easier and home easier yeah i don't know what year that was from and i still don't think the tunnels are open no probably not (laughs) also we have a very large homeless population and i think they have to figure that out before they open the underground tunnels i was gonna say like if you think you guys are gonna be safer because downtown sucks and you want to open the underground tunnels guys I got some bad fucking news for you. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to include tunnels into that equation. So we're leaving the US and we're going up to Canada. And... 
We have already done an episode on haunted places in southern Ontario. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, Ontario, thank you so much, especially my hometown, Brantford. What's up for listening? <laughs> but I looked at Podbean and I saw, as of right now, the second province with the most listeners is New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. So we are doing a haunted place in New Brunswick. Okay. Well, you know. What's up, New Brunswick? What's up, New... NBs? bees. Okay, so it's one of Moncton's most popular urban legends, and you're hard-pressed to find a local who hasn't heard the lore or even visited the site themselves. The site is Rebecca Lute's grave. No. The 1870s were a rough time for Moncton residents. <laughs> they were plagued by dry summers, forest and field fires, crop losses, and consumption. Sorry, I just imagined meeting someone from New Brunswick, and it's like the <laughs> first thing they all just keep saying. The 1870s were a rough time for us. <laughs> I'm new here. Can you tell me a little bit about this place? Well. The 1870s. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, oh my God. God, that was like 150 years ago. <laughs> Get over it. Okay, but for real, it was <laughs> yeah. a hard time. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Plagued by dry summers, forest and field fires, crop losses, consumption. Mm-hmm. And then when the winter arrived, animals were disappearing from fields and barns, and all that was located of them were their mutilated remains. Don't like that. So guess what? What? Superstitious locals were frightened by the mm-hmm. sickness and the famine plaguing the area, and they believed a witch was at work. Oh. The locals determined that 16-year-old Rebecca Lutz was the witch responsible for the area's hardships, and in 1876, the judges of Moncton found her guilty of sorcery and condemned her to death. She was hung from the branch of a large poplar tree and buried at its base, away from the residence laid to rest in the local cemetery. She -hmm. was buried either face down or vertically and headfirst. So that when she she tried to claw her way out, she'd only dig deeper into the ground. Oh. That's really really fucked up. Then, for good measure, local men returned to her grave a few days after she was buried and covered it in concrete, ensuring that she was sealed in the grave forever. Okay. Rebecca's final resting place is on Gorge Road in a wooden area across from the old quarry and cement factory. (laughs) That's rude. Today, vehicles visiting or passing by Rebecca's grave mysteriously act up. In the middle of the night... People see strange lights in the woods, mysterious fires have ignited, and a ghostly black cat sits on her concrete gravesite. On moonless nights, Rebecca herself prowls the area, haunting locals and anyone who dares approach her grave. Some say that if you light candles near the cement block, you'll see a teenager with red hair walk out of one of the derelict abandoned farmhouses off in this distance, and come towards you. Others say that she'll hex you if you say her name three times while holding a lit candle. Some insist the lore is true, 
Mm-hmm. That the story is getting passed down through family since Rebecca was hanged. Some even say that there was a headstone near the fenced-in concrete gravesite until the fence was taken apart and the headstone smashed by vandals in the 80s, taking the pieces as souvenirs. Oh, gross. If you guys are out there, don't do shit like that. Others insist Rebecca was a real girl, but she died of tuberculosis, and the entire story is just made up lore. Hmm. But we could go there and find out for ourselves. We could go to Moncton, find Rebecca's grave, see this ghostly black cat. Light a candle. Say her name three times. I'm, I'll wait in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll do it. I know. <laughs> that one's creepy though, right? I'll bring my Ouija board. What? What? Not a fan of Ouija's. Just got it in for the Ouija's, do you? Okay. Okay, I won't bring my Ouija board. <laughs> Jesus. Literally a deal breaker. Don't fucking bring that in my apartment. That's why it was creepy though, right, Dyson? Mm-hmm. Especially the fact that she was buried either face down or vertically and head first. Yeah, that's so fucking just upsetting. It is. Yeah. So that when she, when she, when she, not if she, when she started to claw her way out, she would just dig deeper into the ground mm-hmm. instead of coming out. <laughs> it's so creepy. Why, did they, why were they so certain that she doesn't have the concept of what's up or down? I don't know. <laughs> she was hanged, so like they were like, well, she's probably dead, but also she's a witch, so she could like come back. Yep. And if she does or when she does, we'll disorient her. Mm. Whoa. Gross. Alright, so let's head out of Canada and go over to the UK. Here we come, guys. Here we come, England. Watch out, blokes. (laughs) (laughs) When people hear Whitechapel, they immediately associate the East End District of London with Jack the Ripper. Mm -hmm. Jack the Ripper was a serial killer who targeted impoverished sex workers in 1888. If you didn't know, and if you don't, I'm so disappointed. It's Jack the Ripper. Who doesn't know? Yeah. Jack the Ripper was also the name of a pub in Whitechapel. Are you ready to hear about the, quote, most haunted pub in London? I am, aren't I? That was good. Thanks. (laughs) The Ten Bells is a pub located on the corner of Commercial Street and Fournier Street. And amazingly, not much has changed since it, since it opened in the <laughs> 1750s. Jesus. I know. It was originally called the Eight Bells Alehouse, after the eight bells in the tower of the Christ Church across the street. That's a pretty good name for a pub, actually. Yes. Yeah. And the name changed to the Ten Bells in 1788 after the church upgraded its bell system. Mm, mm-hmm. 
One of the most notorious cases in London's criminal history is Jack the Ripper, a.k.a. the Whitechapel murders. Mm. Although the mystery around him has never been solved, he is believed to have waited for his drunken victims in the Ten Bells. And two of his known five victims are associated with this pub. His final victim, 25-year-old Mary Jane Kelly, had a few drinks at the Ten Bells on November 9th, 1888, before leaving the pub. The next morning, her landlord sent his assistant, Thomas Bow Thomas Bowyer, to collect rent that was overdue from Mary, and instead he saw Mary's horribly mutilated body lying on the bed. Yikes. A 47-year-old woman named Annie Chapman was Jack the Ripper's second victim. On September 8, 1888, Annie finished her drink at the Ten Bells and left. Not long after leaving, her lifeless body was found at 29 Hanbury Street, which is about a three-minute walk from the Ten Bells. Her throat had been slit and her ab- abdomen was mutilated. Hmm. When I was researching this, I did not find any accounts of people seeing Mary's ghost, but the ghost of Annie Chapman has been seen sitting at the bar, supposedly in the spot where she had her last drink before her murder. Oh, that's creepy. Pub staff say that before her ghost manifests, this freezing cold breeze blows through the bar. When personal belongings go missing, glasses get broken, or people get pushed by an invisible force, Annie is to blame. <laughs> well, it's dramatic the way she comes in. Everyone has to know about it. cold breeze descending upon you, and you're like, oh, God, Annie's here. And then you're just, like, shoved. <laughs> yeah, you're just fucking pushed Smashing over. Smashing glasses. Mazel. <laughs> Mazel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. A little fun fact is that the Jack the Ripper Museum is a 15-minute walk from the Ten Bells. Oh, cool. And it's located in the exact location where Jack the Ripper murdered his third victim, Elizabeth Stride. Now, it is a six-floor museum, and it recreates the crimes and the crime scenes. So when you're inside the museum, you learn everything that's currently known about the crime scenes, the victims, the main suspects, the police investigation, and just everyday life in East London of 1888. That's a really good concept. I want to fucking go there so bad. And yeah, that's go really to the cool. 10 pub, the 10, the 10 <laughs> Bells pub. Yeah, that'd be neat. We should go to London. Yeah. What? So I was debating whether I was going to put a fake British accent again, and I just stopped myself. Yeah, governor. Let's yeah, go to London. Let's get right ripped in, in the it. fucking ten bells, shall we? By order of the Peaky Blinders. I yes, yeah, that was the only <laughs> thing I was going for. <laughs> I was like, it's either that or I'm going to try and be Bane. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, I really, really, really want to go to this Jack Ripper Museum. It sounds fascinating six floors walking through all of the like crime scenes and shit well okay yeah so do how we get to jack the ripper is that due to the pub's supposed connection to jack the ripper and the victims Mm -hmm. in 1976 the landlord changed its name from the 10 bells to the jack the ripper in hopes that it would just like increase the pub's popularity and whatever and it 
was named the Jack the Ripper for 12 years. But then in 18, nope, 1988, <laughs> the pub changed its back to its original name of the Ten Bells. Yeah, that's way classier. I like the Ten Bells. I do too. It also like... And the church is still there. Like that church is still across the street. Yeah. Still chiming away. So like, it's cool. Yeah, it's right. It's so much... It's it's right. You already have the connection to yeah. Jack the Ripper. Who you don't need... doesn't know about Whitechapel murders or Jack the Ripper? Like, yeah. Also, you'll be in the Ten Bells pub, and people doing the Jack the Ripper tour will like walk by. Yeah. So like, you already know. Yeah. Just changing the name just seems too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, it also sounds like shit. <laughs> the the Jack the Ripper. Yeah, the Jack the Ripper. No, the Ten Bells. Yes. And then having the history of like, well, we used to be the Eight Bells, but the church across the street, which is also another fucking historic landmark. Yeah. Upgraded its bell system to 10. So now we're 10 bells. Yeah. It puts you actually into the history of, of everything that's gone on rather than just instead of trying like, to cheaply tie yeah, your name to something. Exactly what I was going to say. Cheaply profiting. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that that guy that made that decision is listening like, hmm. Yeah. Well, fuck you, guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking guns blazing John Wayne. Yeah, yeah well, fuck you, guy. <laughs> Smug bastard. <laughs> okay, so... Right, anyway, sorry, I'm all heated. <laughs> Took that personally. Disrespect the victims. <laughs> Speaking of the victims, victims of Jack the Ripper aren't the only ghost that haunt the Ten Bells. During the 1990s, staff lived in the upper floors of the building. And they regularly had disturbing encounters with a ghost of a Victorian-dressed man who's believed to be the previous landlord that was murdered. Sorry, a previous landlord, like, mm-hmm. like a century ago. Yep. That was murdered by an assailant who was never brought to justice. So they claim that this ghost, this creepy man, crawls into bed with them and just lays down next to them and oh, stares at them. Oh, no. So then they wake up. And they see this creepy man smiling with black teeth. And before they can, like, react in any way, like, scream, speak, whatever, he just vanishes. I hate that. My fear had been ignited from that from some fucking short film called Bedfellows. What? And I can't fucking stand it. I hate the concept. It's gross. And I'll show you that later. Okay. But it's terrifying. It's like I'm terrified and essentially excited. like when you go to bed. The yeah, never mind. I'll show you. Okay, don't yeah. tell me. I want to see it. Yep. Everyone else, look it up. Bedfellows. Yep. Ew. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the former tenants who report this fucking creepy man crawling into bed with them also report hearing footsteps and laughter outside of their rooms when no one is around, and some even report being pushed down the stairs when they go out to investigate the sounds. Oh. Employees and patrons also frequently hear the disembodied wails of a baby. Several psychics have been called to investigate and try to like make a connection between people in the pub and who this crying baby could be. Mm-hmm. So one psychic in particular was brought to the room where people always hear this crying baby. And she refused, sorry, they, I'm not sure if it was mm-hmm. she, he. So they refused to enter this room, claiming that a baby was deaf. 
definitely murdered in there and likely in the 19th century. So years later, a woman was researching Jack the Ripper and she was touring the pub because it's believed that he fucking waited there for his victims or picked them out here. Mm -hmm. So she was granted access to the roof where she found a sack that had been dropped or like hidden in this gap between the floor and a water tank. And she opened up the sack and in it, it was filled with moldy Victorian era baby clothes And when she looked closer at it, they had been, like, appeared to have been slashed with a knife. What the fuck? And the sack was located directly on top of that room that the psychic refused to enter. Because she said a baby was murdered. Fucking psychics, man. Just woof. Ugh. 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 (laughs) Today, the Ten Bells pub is described as a classic iconic public house serving beer wine and cocktails in a historic setting it's also a stop on the jack the ripper tours i want to go i want to go to london i want to do the jack the ripper tour i want to go to 10 pubs and get white girl wasted (laughs) you and i will drink margaritas and whatever else they drink Mm -hmm. room temperature beer i'm not sure and (laughs) a nice nice warm lager that was very Boston. <laughs> Put Wong- this whole goddamn ripper in my rear view. Want to drink a warm lager in the public park? <laughs> Thought you'd never ask. Here we go, down under, to our final stop on our haunted places. All right. We're going to Australia's most haunted house. Put another ghost on the bob. <laughs> yeah, that. That was bad. That was, I know what you're going to say, I know what you're thinking. Probably going to do it again. Okay, well, uh, let's all keep tabs on that. And in the meantime, let's go explore Australia's most haunted house, a grand 1880s Victorian homestead in the country town of Junie in New South Wales, Australia. This Victorian homestead is known as Monte Cristo. It's oh, a gorgeous name. Monte Cristo belonged to the wealthy Crawley family, for, and they lived in that home from the 1880s to the 1960s. And today, it's a museum and antique center. Hmm. The house holds creepy tales of murder, suicide, and torture, making it a hot spot for ghost hunters from around the world. Christopher Crawley, the wealthy and powerful founder of the town of Junie, once lived in the mansion with his wife, children, and numerous servants. To guests and onlookers... The family was rich and elegant, always hosting fancy balls and playing tennis and golf on the grounds. But behind closed doors, Mrs. Crawley is remembered as a strict disciplinarian who mistreated her staff. There was also a series of tragic events in the home and on the property. A caretaker was murdered in the home in 1961. A man with mental disabilities was tied up in the homestead for many years. 
One of the Crawley children fell to their death down the stairs. A maid mysteriously fell from a balcony and died. And a stable boy died from his injuries in a barn fire. Okay. Christopher Crawley died in the home at the age of 69 after a boil on his neck got infected. Oh. After his death, the locals say that his wife never left the house, becoming a recluse. By the 1960s, Mrs. Crawley had died in the rundown home at the age of 92. Mm. Ainge? Did I say Ainge? <laughs> I a, heard age. At the age of 92. <laughs> age of 92. <laughs> anyway, she lived till 92. Mm. The property was then bought in 1963 by Olive and Reginald Ryan. And they moved in with their five children and began renovating their new home. Late one evening, after a shopping trip to pick up building supplies, they return home to an astonishing sight. Bright light streams from every door and window. That seems impossible because the house has no electricity. Yeah. So the Rhines think that there's like burglars inside with flashlights or some shit, or there's like squatters that have returned because the house had been in bad shape. So they tell their kids to stay in the car. And then as they are approaching to investigate, all the lights vanish, pitch black again, and no one is inside. Weird. This is only the first of many weird ass creepy experiences for the Ryans and their five children. Well... I got a running theory, though. Okay. What if the fucking ruse got in? <laughs> you couldn't even continue. No, I couldn't. I love the I love the Australians to stay for fucking ruse. I know. <laughs> they yeah, they're like, but they're a menace. They're in the road. They're in the they're in the fields. They're looking at me. They exist. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> fucking ruse (laughs) they're trying to beat me up they're always trying to box me (laughs) they got creepy weird pouches yeah how do they feel about koala bears they love them good they don't say anything else about koala bears okay anyway (laughs) (laughs) so yeah this is only the first of weird ass creepy ass fucking creepy paranormal weird and creepy (laughs) experiences <laughs> so the family is regularly hearing footsteps that are just walking around all night which reminds me of hinsdale house mm-hmm. and sometimes they see this woman in white just standing on the balcony staring at them and all of the wife feels hands resting on her shoulders and she turns around and no one is there oh <gasps> yeah that's fucked i was gonna say I do appreciate that ghost for going for a classic look. All in white on the balcony, just very melodramatic. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So Reginald, the husband, he hangs this picture up. And then it, uh, for two days in a row, he comes out and the picture has fallen on the ground. And it's unbroken. But each time he picks it up and hangs it back up, every time he comes back out, that picture is just on the ground. Weird. I don't know what kind of picture it was, but the ghost didn't like it. Hmm. Tacky. Lawrence Ryan, who was one of the children, he owns the property today and he conducts ghost tours and he recounted a very creepy story from his childhood when he lived there and grew up as as his parents were renovating. And he told Seven News 
in the article Monte Cristo Inside Australia's Most Haunted House. Quote, my parents were hosting a party in the ballroom, and as I was only little, one of my sisters took me up to bed. Every hour or so, one of them would pop their head in to check on me. The youngest of my sisters, who was 12 at the time, entered my room to see a bearded man sitting on the end of my bed staring at me. He then turned to give her a menacing look. She screamed and ran to the party to tell my parents that there was a weird man in my room, but when they got up there, he was gone and I was still sound asleep, alone. Ew. They searched the house and found nothing and no one. She described him as wearing old-fashioned clothes and they thought it was possibly Mr. Crawley, who had been seen on the property a number of times since. When she finally told me this story, I was 13 years old, and it all made sense. I hated that room, and I had always felt like I was being watched. From that point on, I never slept in the main house ever again, and I still won't. Mm. Don't fucking blame him. That's, I hate that. Yeah, and he, like him not knowing. So this happened when he was five. So fucking, what, eight years later? Yeah, because like, what are you going to do? Tell the kid? You're <laughs> terrified. Eight years later, you find out that potentially the ghost of Mr. Crawley has been <laughs> sitting on your bed watching you sleep. Yeah. And you just like connect all these pieces in your head where you're like, I never fucking felt alone. I always felt like someone was watching me. Mm-hmm. Is this weird ass man? Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Many of the ghostly apparitions and strange occurrences are believed to be connected to the people who have died on the property, including Mrs. Crawley, who's seen wandering the halls. Another ghost often fell in the main house is that of Magdalene Crawley, who was one of the children that fell down the stairs and died, and she was only 18 months old. Lawrence Ryan said, quote, The rumors surrounding little Magdalene's death include that she didn't fall, and was pushed by one of the very disgruntled servants. The Crawleys, although upstanding citizens to the outside world, were not perhaps as kind to their own staff. Poor Magdalene could have been a victim of revenge or could have fallen on her own accord. Either way, many visitors to our house cannot go into the front room due to a sense of overwhelming sadness and fear. Mm. I've seen grown men come out crying. (laughs) Sorry, he said sobbing. Mm. so it was also reported a maid was holding the 18 month old child and it wasn't anything like sinister on the maid's end she was just holding the child on the stairs when it was like literally ripped from her hands and just thrown down the stairs so died (laughs) jesus christ i know (laughs) so regardless of the true story The child definitely died falling down the stairs, and the ghost of that child is heard crying all throughout the house. Mm. The maid who mysteriously fell from the balcony is seen in the area that she fell to, and people just see her lying there bloodied and dead on the floor. Oh, God. Usually ghosts haunt places. Nah. And their apparition is, like, before they died. Her residual energy is just in death. (laughs) <laughs> splayed out same, and terrifying same, but you know <laughs> <laughs> the young stable boy who burnt alive can be heard crying in the coach house the man with mental disabilities was chained to a bed for 40 years 
And to this day, if you go in the house, you can hear the sound of clanking chains all around you. That's so fucked up. I know. 40 years? Yeah. Because, like, oh, it, it you just... You just want to die. It just goes back to this... I guess at this time that he was chained up, it would have been, like, early to mid-1900s. Mm-hmm. And, like, even then, people just wanted to hide their, quote, problem. Yeah, they had no fucking clue what to do with these people. Yeah. People visiting for the ghost tours report feeling sinister presences, hearing shouts and screams, seeing strange orbs, cold spots throughout the entire house, but the areas where people died in are freezing to the point that you can see your breath. People are touched on their backs and necks. People are lightly pushed. And people feel their clothes being tugged on low, as if, like, a child is, like, pulling on their clothes. Um, You know what? You know what? (laughs) You know what? No, I don't know. And I'm dying to find out. Fucking love that show. Me too. (laughs) Anyway, that's that's actually all very scary. I like that it's, like, a classic haunting. Mm-hmm. like the, all of this is like like from the the uh ghost in all white on the balcony to like yeah you always got the a servant woman in white and then the creepy ghost children yeah this is like it's like australia was like you know what let's do it right yeah let's just do it right <laughs> let's have the like quintessential ghost house mansion they even got that right and the name of the like founding family crawley yeah, it's creepy. Mr. and Mrs. Crawley. Yeah. Like, and what was it called again? What was, the, what was the place called again? Monte Cristo? Monte Cristo. Yeah, you guys did it right over there. <laughs> well done. this one for last. Both for last. <laughs> Monte Cristo is also open for overnight stays, and it's reported many people leave in the middle of the night. They cannot even make it through. Mm. And because, and this is because of like everything that I just said. All the creepy shit. Yep. Plus, if you're staying there at night, the entire night you're trying to sleep or at least relax, you can't because all you hear is heavy shoes walking around above you, in the hallway, below you, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it'll be like right outside your rooms and it's fucking old ass house. All of the floorboards are really creepy. So floorboards just creak outside your door like someone is standing right there like listening or waiting for you (laughs) and people cannot relax and then you open the door and they're like oh just tie my shoe (laughs) 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 oh my god i didn't think i would really just connect on that kind of level with a ghost before but i did (laughs) i did that I didn't tell you, but I did that like the other day. Connections with a ghost? No. The, ah, ah. <laughs> I went to go take I the trash out. Facial expressions oh, yeah. really adds to it. I went to go take the trash out, and there's that door that you open and you tuck it into that little the chute. The chute. So I did that, and it was like later at night. <laughs> so like the door kind of blocks your vision from the hallway, and as I close it, it's like that reveal in horror movies when the person closes the mirror but it was just this like older lady and i just went ah excuse me and i just walked away (laughs) she didn't say a word either (laughs) what's she doing sneaking up on you she was like she was like 
I don't know, like 10 inches away from my face when I shut the door too. Like she snuck up right behind the door. I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I still see it so vividly. Was she creepy? She's just standing fucking upright, like behind the door. I don't know. Like, obviously she was just coming out of her room, but like. I don't like her. She was positioned right behind the door. It's a fucking space lady. Yeah. Trying to throw but my then, trash But then out. I was just mad at myself. I was like, why am I apologizing? Why did I say <laughs> sorry? You fucking did Wait, that. what did you say? You're like, ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good God. I was like, why was that my default? It's her fault. <laughs> I mean, I didn't actually like know how to end this, but that was good. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Because that's the end of the Monte Cristo one, and the little thing I wrote here was that Lawrence Ryan, who does used to live in the house, he now owns it. He does the ghost tours. Mm-hmm. He personally believes in ghosts because of everything he's experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't push anything on the guests or people that are visiting. He's always like, "Yo, if you come to our place, check it out, see what you got to see, feel what you got to feel, but like make up your own mind. I'm not gonna." try and change it yeah which i love instead of trying to like build this atmosphere or like narrative where it's like you're gonna fucking believe me this place is haunted and if you don't give us five star review and say it's haunted oh no it's not like that (laughs) yeah and be fucking respectful for fuck's sake yeah you should always be respectful don't go in there berating screaming yeah the only time you can scream is if it's innocently frightened, like Dyson trying to throw trash away. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Your face did that to me. <laughs> I hate leaving the apartment to <laughs> do anything. Little fucking trash goblin. Yeah, like, what, what the are you fuck doing? you sneaking up on me anything for? Anything good in there? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> there would be someone who would fucking say that. Dig through the dumpster. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for jewels. <laughs> I got your jewels right here, lady. <laughs> That's a lot of haunted places. I love it. Top four locations. Mm-hmm. You enjoy that? I did. I like that. This is a long ass episode, isn't it? It's super long, but we'll give people a little heads up saying when we cut into the spooky stories so they know what's going on. All right. Okay. Okay, so that was our one year anniversary, everyone. One Yay. year. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Please, everyone, continue to support the show. You know, following us on Instagram, Twitter, sending us messages that include case suggestions, visiting our website, going onto our Instagram store to buy a patch, rating and reviewing the show, subscribing, all of that. It's important. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for bearing with us for this long episode, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. It's a way of celebrating our one year. Yay. And I mean, we're not even going to make it to one year if it wasn't for all of you listening. Thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next time. <laughs> like anything to add? No. <laughs> okay, then. Next week, we'll catch you on the dark side for a true crime tale. See you chumps. Oh my God.